0: welcome. Welcome back.
1: Welcome back. Did you notice?
0: Welcome did to you, Movie Phone.
1: Did you notice?
0: <laughs> what? what? We're a
1: well-oiled machine, baby.
0: Yeah. That
1: that went smooth as fuck. Hello! I mean, welcome.
0: This is the Audio Link STL podcast. Yeah. I am Care the Lesbian, and that is...
1: Pookie Motherfucking Jones, baby. Motherfucking Jones. Motherfucking Jones. Did you just do the A-Town? What the she
2: actually said it right this time. Too. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: so in your face. Uh, I like to make people uncomfortable. If you forget our names, they're right here at the bottom of your screen. Look, check it out. uh, I
1: don't don't know how to do
0: it. Okay, whatever. I'm done. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) We got a big show for you today because uh, guess who's here? Who's here? The man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Scheel, front man of Gravity Kills.
1: Yes. They're
0: going to be in town um, Saturday, the 11th. Saturday. Yeah. They're uh, The demand for them was so fucking out of control that they had to move the show from Del Mar Hall to the pageant.
1: Hell yeah, dude. That's so awesome.
0: I mean, I think when they released the tickets, it sold out in like, what, an hour?
1: That's awesome. That's, a, that's so badass.
0: That's insane.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Like, people... Well-
1: well, they're one of the staple St. Louis bands, for Absolutely. sure. I Absolutely. Mean,
0: People they... fucking love them around here. I meant, Last time they were here was the last time that, obviously, I'd seen him and interviewed him 12 years ago.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't like to think about that. Back
1: when you were a spring chicken. See, I
0: remember. <sighs> Back when I could get out of bed without everything popping on me.
1: Do you do the old man groan when you get up? See what I'm saying? Out of
0: control over here.
1: Do you do the old man groan when you move?
0: (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Literally. Man, it sucks because, like, my laundry room is downstairs, and I got to go up and down the stairs. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus. I'll leave a load of laundry in the dryer for two fucking weeks just so I don't have to go get it.
1: But then you got to, like... Like it's like, I know
0: it's a whole thing. <laughs>
1: I have a problem. <laughs> it's a
0: whole fucking thing. Anyway, what'd you do this week? Anything fun?
1: What did I do this week? Let's see.
0: Any cool stuff? Uh,
1: no, I had a rehearsal with my Black Magic Santana tribute band. That was awesome. Uh, uh, I think that's about it. Mm. Mm. I mean, wintertime for me is. Uh, Slow days. Slow, but a lot of uh, wood, wood. I'm in the woodshed with with the bass, learning stuff, and
0: in the woodshed.
1: I'm in the shed working on stuff.
0: You practice in your shed.
1: Well, that's what we call it, but it's just really oh. just practicing in your wherever you practice music.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> okay, You're in the
1: woodshed, right. In your bass. I, I
0: mean, I to bass. <laughs> I, bay, I forgot she's from
1: Winfield. In a, a woodshed means a woodshed for her. Yes, but for. Musicians it just means working on your craft. Oh, that's
0: a that's a term you guys all use. Yeah. Oh, now I know another one.
1: Hey, I'm just I'm LP. Just, I'm here EP, to educate you so you know what's happening.
0: Woodshed. Yeah. I'm getting it. I'm in I'm the getting woodshed it down.
1: Working on the craft.
0: I am very excited to have Jeff here. I haven't talked to him in such a long damn time.
1: How long ago was it? Twelve
0: years. Twelve years. Twelve years.
1: You were what, twelve years ago? You I were... was like
0: freshly twenty one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, was gonna say she, I remember because I was gonna was, say she was like 16 or something trying to give her make her feel good but she
0: I think that was probably the first concert that I had went to as a 21 year old where I could drink- uh-huh. and I had taken some mushrooms oh so that night too uh-huh
1: but you didn't have to be 21 for that
0: no um yeah it was it was a good show. <laughs> Because Doug, their uh, keyboardist guy, does this crazy stuff with his. It's a keyboard, right? That's what you call it, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what you're doing with your hands.
0: I, you got to see it. Have you ever seen Gravity Kills? Live? I
1: have not. seen
0: <laughs> Gravity Kills. It's wild. It's insane. Like,
1: but do the okay, do the so do the thing with with literally.
0: The, like he'll just move his keyboard around. So he has like, his
1: keyboard on it. flipping a, it all around. It's, it's on a stand that uh-huh. rotates and yeah, yeah, it's insane. I've seen. Uh, Fishbone does that. Probably not like his. Probably not. No, I would imagine it isn't. That's wild. Kara's
2: motions were pretty accurate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is! Is it? And he wears this, like, fur cap.
1: Nice. I like fur caps.
0: And, like, face paint and stuff. It's real cool. Hell yeah. I didn't like it that night because I was on the mushrooms, but... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> were you having a bad trip?
0: No. Jesus. No, it's just, a, it's very overstimulating to, you know, do psychedelics and go to a rock show like that.
1: Well, little I mean, kids, I, I take that for a lesson.
0: I didn't like take a lot. So I wasn't, you know.
1: It was your, was it your first time? No. Oh.
0: I think it, I th- second, I think.
1: <laughs> I mean, you were a pro by then. Yeah. I didn't take a lot. She didn't know what the hell she took. My
0: first time, um, my mom had told me to blend them up with orange juice. So I got these, <laughs> I got these mushrooms and okay, I put them okay. in a blender with okay. orange juice.
1: Ho- hold on a second. Just, just hold on a second. Hmm. Your mom told you how to take
0: yeah. mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, you know, which is fine.
1: on Not- 101, man. Yeah. It's fine. As long as
0: she knows what I'm doing, we're very open with each other. <laughs> I'm safe about it. I was, I wasn't going anywhere. I was just at my apartment, you know, and she told me to mix it up with some orange juice and... It'll really intensify it. So I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's, you know, put them in a blender with some orange juice. And I made this disgusting fucking psychedelic smoothie and it was the worst thing that I had ever had in my life. And it was me and two other people that had eaten these mushrooms and it only worked on me. So um, I was in my apartment just tripping by myself and I'm just like laughing my ass off and you know watching the outlets move up and down the walls and in my apartment we had um, this mirror that was probably as big as this graphic you see behind me and it was right behind like our um, vanity and our toilet and I sat on the back of that toilet for three hours.
1: Now, I'm just, I'm just putting this out there, but placebo works 35% of the time.
0: And it was the best time ever.
1: <laughs> no one else got it high but so you. Fun. All I'm putting out there is.
0: I just think I took more than them. Oh, okay. I had drank a lot of that chunky fucking smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I chewed that shit. <laughs> I really did. And I had never uh, taken anything with orange juice since. Because no, thank you. Mm-mm.
1: Well, you drink orange juice now?
0: Yeah, just by itself. If I if there's no pulp, I can't chew it.
1: You, so you're not a mimosa person?
0: Oh, absolutely. I already theory shot. I already proved it wrong. Have you met me? Bam! But I don't like the I don't like mimosas with or
1: orange juice with pulp. No, nobody likes orange juice with pulp. I. Tony, I mean, if you Tony, really
0: Tony Soprano does.
1: Okay. <laughs> so what did you do this week?
0: <laughs> I mean, I just worked a lot. Oh, um, I worked a lot. Not really. I didn't really work a lot. I only really work three days a week. But now at work, I host trivia nights on Wednesdays. Hell yeah! So that's fun. If you're ever looking for something to do on a Wednesday night, you can come see me for trivia.
1: Where do you? Where, what? Which one do you work at now?
0: South County Hot Shots in South County. That's. Uh, come see me in all my spandex glory.
1: That's a long drive, but I'd come out to hang out with you.
0: I mean, it's
1: it's just for fun.
0: Oh. I Uh-oh. I will not be here. I got to just tell you right now, don't be sad, but I won't be here the next show. It's my family Thanksgiving.
1: Are you breaking up with me? Sorry. Uh, wow.
0: We're doing our Thanksgiving early because half of my family is going to Bali. Ba- Bali, Indonesia. No shit. Mm-hmm. They're all going and they're going to be gone for Thanksgiving and like through December. And so we're doing our holidays early. Dude, that's, Thank kind God. Of,
1: that's kind of awesome. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you're not going to that because you're not allowed.
0: I'm not going overseas. Is
1: Out that because country. you're not allowed to go overseas, or you just you're just not allowed? Well, I don't know. You? I've I, never been to jail. I I don't I don't know. I am not a felon.
0: I can <laughs> vote. <laughs> I can own guns if I want. I've never even been in a fight in my life.
1: I still I call bullshit.
0: I swear, I swear. I just have 33 years of pent up aggression. <laughs> Just waiting for the
1: right. Person. I'm looking at Jules. Give me the sign, Jules. If you need help, <laughs> <laughs> she can't hear you. <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. I saw it. Whatever, <laughs> loser. So, what? What? What do you think's going on this week?
0: Well, let's see. There's some interesting stuff going on around St. Louis this week. When you say interesting, what do you mean? I mean a lot of. Uh, entertainment-type festivals. There's a comedy festival in The Grove. Oh. Um, November 9th to the 11th. Um, Ooh, Jeff Ross is headlining. I do love Jeff Ross.
1: Oh, no shit. Yeah, he's awesome.
0: Yeah, at The Grove. That's wild. Uh, let's see. Janelle James, Shin Wang. I'd never heard of that. But there's going to be, like, over 100 comedians there, 30 events. It's going to take... I mean, it's going to, what, three days long? That's a lot of laughing.
1: That's that's what the world needs, I'll tell you that. But that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's a
0: lot that's, of laughing.
1: That's that's a great thing.
0: There's the uh, St. Louis International Film Festival that's going on from the 9th to the 19th of November. So, what, two weeks-ish? Yeah. Almost. A little less than two weeks. I think my Uncle Ben actually has a um, uh, animated short in that festival no shit yeah he is a graphic designer um he actually just worked with dreamworks and pixar and he's very fucking talented he's been in bands all his life and stuff i don't even <laughs> what's he that? can pick up any instrument or pick up any in- instrument and just play it
1: what's the name of his uh small short
0: um starling starling yeah starling i want to say
1: I, I, well, congratulations to him. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Pretty fucking cool, right? How come he's not coming to, on the pod? Right?
0: I asked him. He's just all over the place. He's got a lot of stuff going on.
1: So let me ask you this. No foam sniffing this week? Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know who was on this microphone today, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> the The thrill is gone. <laughs> it smells clean now. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>
1: Uh, birthdays
0: birthdays who is getting older this week uh, leaf garrett
1: leaf garrett you Leif know garrett, funny story is- i opened up for him once my band mind over soul it pops did you really yep really yep
0: like just him by himself or his whole cartridge family it
1: was just <laughs> it was just him by himself uh, i'm
0: just kidding i know it's the purchase family. i know
1: I, just him by himself
0: oh so we just it, got it, like a... He had a
1: band or some shit.
0: Oh, okay, Minnie Ripperton, If she was, God rest in peace. If she was still here, she'd okay. be seventy-five. Yeah, but y- you
1: can't have a birthday. You. Can you have a birthday if you're dead?
0: Well, you had. You still were birthed on that day.
1: But you're no longer living.
0: But you were still birthed. I hope people celebrate my birthday when I'm
1: dead. It's it's weird to celebrate a dead person's birthday. Mm. They no longer have birthdays because they're dead. I don't know.
0: Dead. I don't think it's weird.
1: It's called a heavenly birthday.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. You know, bring it down, Pookie. It's called
1: a heavenly birthday.
0: Listen, you know what? Oh. <laughs> you know
1: what? You know what, Pookie? I can. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Too quick
0: for you. Start with me, man. I can mute
1: Jeez, your mic. Cr- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it still doesn't make a heavenly birthday weird. Mute his fucking mic. Heavenly. It's birthday.
0: just the Kara show today.
1: Oh Jesus.
0: Oh, could you imagine? Ugh. It'd probably no be No awesome. thanks. <laughs> no. No thanks. No thanks. Ugh. God, I would run out of shit to talk about in like 10 minutes.
1: Uh no you wouldn't. You could just keep no, going. I probably wouldn't. With your hands.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what.
0: But I mean, you know, Saturday is the big Gravity Kills show too, which That's I'll probably be. be going to. And Sunday, um, we're all doing that thing at Molly's, right? Yeah, we're gonna go. We're ahead gonna and go, go see Tori Allen. Yep, she's gonna be at Molly's at one o'clock. Molly's, Molly's. Yep. Hopefully, I'm not too hungover from the show the night before.
1: No, I want you to, but you have to be there regardless on how bad you feel. <laughs> God, none of that bullshit about oh, I can't make it because me and Joe are driving from East Butt Fuck to get out there. So
0: that's gonna be so fun. I'm excited. Hopefully the weather's nice and not freezing cold like it's been for the last few days. It's been what 75 ish.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be cold, but it is what it is. Yeah,
0: I'll, wear <laughs> I'll wear a coat. I'll wear a coat. I'll just uh, get up and uh, you know
1: dance or something there you go there you go i'll tell you what i'm, I'm getting excited uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get a little personal here cavo is uh mm. in the process of mm. one of our uh we're done with our original our third original a uh, third ep but it's our second original and third, we start
0: third extended play is what he meant to that's say.
1: correct <laughs> and, and then we started on our cover ep we're doing 90s songs and you would, the songs we picked are bizarre to me. I think because you know a lot of times when, when people talk about Cabo or even, and and our description a lot of times says post grunge, and we don't have one grunge song that that I was gonna us say picked. that's interesting. It's weird. Interesting it's like choice. it's it's cool, but it was like when we all started picking our songs, it was just like I was okay, <laughs> okay.
0: Do you have any toadies on there?
1: No toadies. Oh, I love It's, it's going to be a cool, a lot of these songs are going to have to be reimagined and, and cool, like, but it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. Like when we did the eighties one, we did drive, Mm -hmm. uh, we did a different, a different version of it. Uh, and and so we just kind of do cool things. We did the, we did the police cover, but you got to do that. Right. We did synchronicity too. And you can't, you can't change that, you know, but, uh, we, we got a little creative with, with the, uh, cover of drive.
0: Well, I'm excited for you to tell me what's on there after the show yeah. so I can be the only one that knows.
1: <laughs> You're going to be like, really? I'm I
0: like, like getting I'm- exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> I feel important.
1: <laughs> and then hopefully hopefully we can get our drummer Andy in town uh, out of Nashville. I want I, I want him to move back, but we, could,
0: yeah, we could get
1: a little more functional.
0: Mr. Nashville... I get it. Playing with gin blossoms too cool to come back to I, St. Louis.
1: I get it though. He's he's doing good down there but
0: Speaking of coming back to St. Louis, our guest drove all the way here cuz he doesn't live here anymore either.
1: Where right? does he live? I
2: actually do half the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey everybody.
0: Everybody. No, Jeff Sheel.
2: I'm a West County baseball dad.
0: Hell oh yeah. My um,
2: I know, isn't that crazy?
0: Woo. That's right.
2: Um yeah, in fact yeah, we were driving by, you know, the Chesterfield Valley uh, Sports Complex. Well, yeah, I spent a lot of time over there.
1: <laughs> so, um, so where do you call home? Here,
2: in I, Oklahoma City, still officially home. Um, I've got an 18 year old going, finishing high school there.
1: Okay, super
2: interesting for the context of our <laughs> discussion today. But she's coming to the show. She's never seen. She's never seen her dad do it. Wow. So, which most kids haven't.
0: Well, I mean, so
2: boom, so anyway so yeah so that's how the whole thing started that's why we're doing the show it sounds strange we talked about it for years we were going to do it with the pandemic kind of as you know being a working musician
1: yeah just put a
2: man it really killed a lot of stuff right and you know and and so we had talked about doing a 25 year um which would have been in 2001 is that right yeah for the band being together we performed in 94 so we thought we were gonna do something, and it didn't happen. And Kurt and I are drummer. I don't know if you've ever met him. Uh, he, we were talking, and we we're like, "Man, it'd be really cool if the kids saw us." So anyway, so then um, some people kind of talked us up, you know, saying, "Yeah, you guys could do this." And then we, here we are. And I'm talking to you guys, you know, Cara, a million years later. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, yep. I can't believe, yeah, because you were you were, to me, you are like a veteran of the radio business by then. Uh-uh. And you weren't, but you, you, but everybody, yeah, but you know, you, you uh-huh. had a, you had a ubiquity about you in St. Louis. I'm and and
1: <laughs> she doesn't give her any credit.
2: I know, but thing. she did. And so it, like people knew her. And so, you know, because she, you know, she, she kind of came on and just was maybe,
1: I'm you, you, were, you were
2: like, <laughs> you were yourself and you were letting everybody know who you were straight up. And, um, and I think that kind of, Kind of took the city by storm and people knew who you were, and then all of a sudden, I'm doing your show and you're asking very provocative questions (laughs) for you know a person who apparently hadn't been in the business very long. Now I'm finding out, and nope, nope. And uh, but
0: that was all pretty much, you know, I had Tom and Jeff as mentors, so that's where that came from. How could I not be provocative and in your face? Yeah,
2: that's true. They were the
0: ones that built me up.
2: Yeah, they built a lot of people up. I mean, you know, those guys were part of my life. You know, back, we were having dinners, you know, back when, I mean, maybe by then, the point had moved. You know, the first time I was ever at the point was when it was over by the post-dispatch building. Okay. When they were owned by Sinclair. And then, you know, and then they've switched companies twice. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time, you know, I went over there, too. And that was the first time I'd been, since they were with Hubbard, this was the first time I'd ever been there,
0: yeah, I haven't been to any of the studios yeah, since so, Tom and Jeff worked there.
2: And, um, and crazy enough, our drummer Kurt he designed the studio that they were at were the, the power station. Oh, really? Yeah, he's an architect and he designed that. And when it, and I think, uh, where Hubbard is, where Bonneville was, you radio people in town will probably. To say i was wrong but it, but kurt had designed that as well so it was you know so kurt's like oh yeah but you know a lot of his design elements were still up i was like oh that lighting's new or whatever but so
1: so let me ask you this your kids they're your the band's kids do they all know how successful and popular you guys were or who it's a, yeah i well
2: my 11 year old stepson he had really no idea like we never like i I don't know that he's ever seen me play guitar. Really? Yeah. And so he didn't really know. And it's how my daughter found out I was even in a band. She was in daycare and I picked her up at daycare. And one day she says, Hey daddy, you know, just make up with Brittany said, Brittany's daddy said that you used to play guitar in a band. (laughs) (laughs) She was little, and so, so you know, and I, you know, it's not like I've got, I don't have memorabilia everywhere in the house and that kind of stuff. I've put more and more up since she's gotten a little bit older, and um, but, you know, I kind of just was dad. You know, I mean, your your dad's your dad or whatever. And so, as she's gotten older, and she's eighteen now, and she, I had to pull a box out of the shed. That had all these old Gravity Kills t-shirts and I, and now she wears these and she oh, goes yeah. and in a very, and we live in Oklahoma City, but it's very, saint, she's, she goes to a Catholic high school like every St. Louis kid does. <laughs> and, uh, and so she's the kid at the Catholic high school that, you know, with her pierced nose and her hair's ton of different colors and you know she has to wear a uniform but you know she may rock some Doc Martens or whatever and then when she's not doing that, she's wearing a she might wear a pig face t shirt or a Joan Jet t shirt or a Hell oh, yeah yeah you know, or a Gravity Kills t shirt. Although she thinks what we did musically is pretty like she's just like, you know, she she it's a parody to her really. You know? She listens to it and she's like, oh yeah, you used just to go, whatever. And, <laughs> And, but her friends like- she, you know I've noticed that she actually had a boyfriend for a while that stalked me on Instagram, like you know it was so fa- I guess he was just fascinated by it he was a, you know was a, he was a tennis player at the high school, and just a little this little different thing, and willow didn't wasn't presenting herself to the world that way at the time, and you know, like she is now, and so it just seems so out of character, and really, where it's funny is now here in St. Louis we you know with the kids we were talking about in respect to the kids thinking oh, were you, were you really big or whatever I think my daughter at one point this is a couple of years ago she's like you know this is like a Oklahoma City normal house and a, you know and, you know don't drive some you know super expensive car and she was like dad it's like why are not we living in a mansion like you are. Yeah, you're on MTV, you know, and in her mind, she must be thinking one of the, you know, some cautionary tale. Like, we got
0: a song in a movie and in a video game. Why like, aren't we,
2: right, why are we in Why? Right, mansion? Right, why aren't we flying private or whatever? And, <laughs> and so, you know, but um, she thinks it's pretty cool and she's pretty proud of it. Um, I think all the kids are. I think this is years ago. Um, what record store? Is it Euclid Records down in Central West End? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And... Kurt was down there, this is when his girls were younger, and they had a Gravity Kills poster in the window, and and as Kurt tells the story, they were walking by, and one of his daughters, he's got three daughters, and just pointing at this poster, like, wait a second, like... <laughs> <laughs> and it was almost like that's how they found out. Oh, because
0: oh, well. there was like a picture of you guys.
2: Right. There was a picture of us. Oh, in okay. the, yeah, it was a, It was uh, from the second or uh, the, perver- the perversion record. It was a Joseph Cultus, uh photograph that he did. And and so, yeah, and all the kids are like, oh, my God. And they're making this connection. And, and so they've never seen us play. And um, even Kurt's daughters, Kurt has two older. He's got one that's out of college. I think this oldest is like a... Maybe she's a senior at Belmont or something, and um, they came to we did a show in 2005 at the pageant, mm-hmm. and they came to sound check, and they didn't come to the show, and they were just little, you know. And, you know, that was what that's 18 years ago, so right. they were, you know, one's probably maybe in barely out of diapers at that point, so yeah, you know, and and you've been to the show, and you know, we use adult language at the shows, and, oh, yeah. which I guess I can use on this show as well but yeah so it's cool and my daughter's probably more excited than I am for the show oh yeah that's all awesome. and um i think and i've tried to think about from her perspective what might blow her mind and i don't think seeing me perform is going to be that crazy for her i think what's going to be crazy is seeing you know a couple thousand people yeah going crazy Watching her dad perform one hundred percent like that 'll be like this is my this is my dad this right. is you know this is the guy that you know gets on to me about he doing my homework my ass. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: that 's got to be a good feeling I think it would be
2: cool yeah i don't know I mean I think you know we'll, we'll, you know, I mean for so, you for to for me, yeah, yeah, I think, and that 's again that was a big catalyst for us doing the show what 's happened is you know because we put the show on sale we are talking when we when we walked in, Karen and I were talking, and we'd put the show on sale at Del Mar because we're like, you know, we haven't played in so long. In fact, the last show we played, we, you know, we opened for the urge and they were kind enough to have us on the show. And that was great. We got to play for, you know, of course, urge shows sold out. So you get to play for a lot of people and it's awesome. And, um, you know, we didn't know that there would be a demand for the, to be honest with you. And so, um, and we were excited it was like oh Delmar Hall I'm like old guy now and I don't have to run around and jump around and <laughs> you know I don't have much stage to cover and then the show sells out in like you know 60 or 90 minutes or whatever it was and so we're like oh, okay and you know I got on the horn with some people including you know including everybody over in Pat over at, you know for, Yeah and and they're like let's do it let's just move it and you know cuz there were people that were just yeah, you know, we got we've got people coming in from yeah. out other countries for the show. And oh, that's it's just, awesome! And it's weird, um, you know. In St. Louis, we're kind of enigmatic, maybe a little bit, you know, because because um, we haven't, you know, we haven't continued to play shows. You know, we're, you know, you can, thank God you can still see the urge play. Uh-huh. You know, Stirs come back and played a couple shows, played some successful shows. Yeah. you know, and then you got you know guys like you out there still able to do all these things and. You know, and we're trying, <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? There's a, you know, there's a bands that still mean something in town. And, yeah. and we didn't, you know, we didn't know whether or not, honestly, that that would be the case. Like, oh yeah, you're the guys with that song from the thing. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and um, I think we'd gone been gone long enough. Like I think people are like, maybe people are like, hey, these guys are old, and if we want to see them, we better. Oh my
0: god,
1: s- we better see them. And but, honestly, but this I don't. It's
0: been like the weirdest year of comebacks, though. Like
1: um, story of the year. Are you familiar so, with those guys? Yeah, of course. They're. they're- Killing it, yeah. smashing it right now. That new record they just released is amazing. This is their 20 year of H Avenue, and they're they're back on the road.
0: But like stabbing westward was just here over the summer. Yeah. Jimmy's Chicken Shack was just here over the summer. <laughs> Fucking gravity kills is now back. Yeah, and, yeah. Like,
2: yeah. I got it's to. It's so
0: wild. To I, see. I got to see
2: the stabbing guys. They came through. This was a couple years ago. They when they first got back together, and um, of course, we played a bunch of shows with them. You know, back back in the you know in the nineties. I mean, we played shows with everybody from. I mean, you name it. I mean, if it, and if they were on MTV or on the radio, like at the point, we mm-hmm. played a show with them. Right. And then some, because then we play a show with Megadeth. You know, or we'd go play show. We played a show with with Danzig in Boston. Oh, that's weird. You know, we were like it was weird no man's land, right? So like we're playing a show with no doubt, or we open for Garbage in Rochester, and then we would, and then literally we would go play with like American Head Charge somewhere, or something, <laughs> you know, and a totally different, you know, woo pop crowd, and then the next crowd's like woo, uh, woo. and so you know, so yeah, back then. And now some of these bands are popping up again and um you know, we talked about the gin blossoms. I mean, gee, I actually bought a gin blossom show for a casino a couple years ago. Was with their it was with a different drummer, you know, Andy didn't play with them. He was a it was a guy out of the Phoenix area that was gotcha. playing with him. But um but yeah, it's crazy how some of those bands but we're you know, but Gravity Kills isn't gonna be we're not a band that's you know, you, we're gonna show up at you know, we're not going to show up at Downstream Casino in Joplin.
0: So, have you guys played a show together since last time you were in St. Louis? No. Okay, so you, like, home for you is Oklahoma City. Yep. And does everyone else still live here in yes. St. Louis? So, how does that work? Like, how do you guys rehearse <laughs> well, together to put
1: on the yeah, show? Yeah, please tell me, because we, we, we have that problem. Okay, with okay well,
2: everybody, when we, we came up with a set list... I've been very... Okay. Like,
0: I've been wanting to ask. Okay, that. that's a
2: good question. Really, and, p- and people have wondered that, and I've had to answer that question. That's a good question. Anyway, so what we we put a set list together. Mm-hmm. What I did because I hadn't sang the songs in so long. One, you got to remember the lyrics, and people go, "How do you write the song? How do you not remember the lyrics?" I mean, no, I don't. I haven't listened to. I don't sit around listening to Gravity Kills music. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I might be listening to a new actor's record, or you know, or I'm hanging out with my wife when we're listening to Taylor Swift. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so I'm not listening. I'm not going. Ooh, let's let's listen to some gravity. You know, I, <laughs> and, and so I don't. And you know, for me as well as a lot of people, it's you know, it's in a time capsule. It's in right. someplace else. And so I had to not not only it's relearning the lyrics, but I wanted to spend time relearning how I sang the songs the inflections I used trying to tap into maybe where I was emotionally because people think you just, and you're a songwriter too. You know, when you sit down and you're writing music, doing a record is about capturing a moment in time. 100%. And writing a song is about capturing either, you know, a story um, or a feeling from a moment in time. And so when you, when I, when I listen to those songs, I can I can picture me in the studio recording them. I can picture where I was, if I was writing lyrics, or at some point if I broke off with Matt and, you know, and I was, hey, help me with this phrase. And, hey, what do you think about this? And what do you have to add? Or Kurt, back in the day, it was like a Rick Rubin. You know, he would he would conceptualize everything and he would be like, you know, what do you want to say? And how do you want to say it? You know, and he would just pull it out of you. And, and, and he ad- would add so much. You know, meanwhile, Doug's in you know the room making noise, and and so I would try to capture all those things. And so, to answer your question, Carol, what we would, what we did is everybody was rehearsing on their own. Matt and Kurt started rehearsing together uh, maybe a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, are they
0: still? They still do the Shock City Studios, right? Well,
2: that's Doug. Doug, yeah. Yeah, Kurt owns an architecture firm, right. In town, and Matt is the CEO of an engineering, manufacturing consulting.
0: Ooh. Yeah, huh? he's,
2: yeah, he's a mechanical engineer with a master's in public administration. He's
0: adult a, with a capital A. Yeah, he's a
2: smart. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I, look, I'm the. Yeah, I'm the dumb musician, and the and I can use the M word because yeah. here we are, but. You know, where, yeah, I mean, Doug's, you know, Doug's got his studio and Kurt, you know, Kurt's, his architecture firm is, you know, they've done crazy, crazy stuff. He's in the media world. They've done stuff like Jim Rome's studio and Don Imus back in the day and he's done those kinds of projects. Oh, yeah. And so, anyway, so they rehearsed together. I saw Doug for the first time last night.
0: Oh, my God. Since
2: we played together. Oh, my
0: God.
1: At the pageant. In- oh shit. <laughs>
0: Oh my god!
1: So, how many rehearsals as a band are you planning? We on? had. Well, I know one,
0: you said you we had
1: one last night. Yeah,
0: performed. We have last one night.
1: tomorrow. We have one Monday,
2: and then we may do a little bit on Wednesday, a little bit. But um, yeah, we'll get into some other stuff. Like, I that's I'm, just I'm, pro,
1: dude. That's just pro shit right
2: there. Well, you know, it's it's not like we're learning new stuff either. There's a lot of muscle memory involved. Yep. And you get it too. You haven't played a track in a while and your fingers just go like you're like, you know, you may forget some stuff, but once you do it, you know, there's a lot of muscle memory involved. Like, okay, you guys doing the show and if you're doing, or if you're doing a promo for something, Mm -hmm. Kara, you understand this. You've done enough promos where there's something that clicks in your mind and you just go into a a different place. Well, like you could be thinking about what you're going to have for dinner when you get home. But you're reading a promo. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's just, and it's kind of the same as a musician, although you try not to do that right.
1: It's it's funny with me, um, you know, when I listen back to some of the songs that I played when we recorded with David Bendeth for our first two records, I forget how to play them if I think about it. Right. That makes sense. But if I just Turn it on and play. I play it with no problem. Yes. It's 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 a mindfuck for me. So I, you know, I try to go. Okay, well, I'm just going to play the song. And it, you're right. It's muscle memory it kicks in. I remember how we played it live, versus how we play it, how we recorded mm-hmm. it, and things like that. But it's when I go, okay, I did this part on this one, and then the song is lost to me.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like that's how I live every day. I just like wake <laughs> up and don't even know what happened. You know what? And then I but, go to bed.
2: You know what though, and <laughs> and bands do that. How many? Like when you were touring and you were, you were just playing night after night after night, you might go on stage. There's the audience. You get that rush. And then you start thinking about, literally, you'll be thinking about, oh, man, I hope, you know, I hope the pizzas show up after the gig. And, and all, you know, I mean, there's all this stuff going on. In the meantime, you're like pointing at people and screaming yeah. and all this stuff. And in the meantime, you're going, oh, man. I you know,
0: forgot I, to turn the stove off. Right.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Or you're, and you're having this dialogue going off in your head about, oh, man, you know, what time's a the bus call again? And, you know, and all this stuff's going off in your head. And then you wake up. And you're going. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, yeah.
1: Kaden, was our big thing. Right,
2: and right, and you were. Th- and those are, you know, are you thinking, it's golly, wild. tomorrow we're in Denver. I can, I can do my laundry. Yeah,
0: that's wild.
2: Yeah, we're, it goes quick. Yeah, and so, and but what we did, what we started doing was, we would get together. You know, we you're rolling an intro, and you hear the intro rolling, and we would sort of huddle up, and we're like achieve consciousness. And we would, you know, because you try, you know, you try to for that 90 minutes, 80 minutes, 75 minutes, or if you're opening for something, 45, 30 minutes, whatever it is, try to, you know, achieve consciousness. Because I think once, once we got past the shock of actually anybody coming to shows, then it was like, you go, th- you know, you kind of went through this kind of thing where everything sort of lost Everything sort of lost its meaning for a little, bit, a little while and you're getting wrapped up in the wrong details, mm-hmm. you know, in the wrong, you're going in the wrong direction with a lot of shit, you know, in your life. That being one of them, you weren't going on stage going, I am a lucky motherfucker. Right. This is cool as fuck and I'm wasting it because I'm either, because I'm not present. hmm which is what most people do when they're, you know, like we're not here to give life advice.
0: Right. You know, like, your, mo-
2: like your mom with the shrooms.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only uh, the best from my family. Right.
2: But, but if anybody could take anything away from what we're talking about now is like, like you guys, you guys come in here and Joe's out there pushing buttons and you guys have, you know, and... How many people, this is so cool that you guys get to do this shit, you know?
0: Whoa, we're not talking about us right
2: now. No, I (laughs) know, I understand that. I understand that, but I mean, if people would, uh, like, I don't give a shit if you're like, you know, like I talked about being a baseball dad. Man, kids grow up and they're gone.
1: Yep, that's happened to me. Yeah. how old? yeah what? My, my daughter when I, she was my buddy when i when i went on tour and i came back she had a boyfriend, boyfriend. it was a, oh. it was it was a yeah. different i was just like what the fuck
2: All right you weren't the main man anymore well
1: it's just it was just i missed so much of my daughter growing up yeah that she was literally my buddy that we would she would fart and we'd laugh or we'd be watching monty python to that's not cool anymore i have my boyfriend you know and it was just weird you know and so, Sorry. I get what you're saying. Being being conscious and being in the place, you, you know, our manager Joe Litvag. Yeah. One of the things he told us when we first started touring, because we started touring, we were in a van, and then we got a bus. Yeah. And he held us from going to a bus. Yeah,
2: you can't go back
1: because he was like, exactly. He was like, once you go on a bus, you won't, you won't want to go back to the van. So I, we're not going to jump into the bus right away. We're going to make her, we, we can sustain ourselves. And we toured from what 2008 to 2000. And, 13 in a 2013. That's a good tour. run. It was a great run. A great and run. one of the ones, one of the things he said on the last tour, we, it was carnival of madness, us, Evanescence, Chevelle, hailstorm and new medicine. And he said, I think he saw what was happening because he sees the numbers. Uh, that was our last tour. We did because it cost so much for us to be oh on the road that after we paid everyone, crew management, uh, lawyer, you know, all that, everybody yeah. who's got their piece, there was just a little bit left for the four of us. And we knew, and he was like, just appreciate the tour. Appreciate, enjoy yourselves guys. Enjoy yourself. He kept saying that, enjoy yourselves. Just appreciate what you're doing. You guys are doing something that no one gets to do. You don't know how long this is going to last. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And then after that tour, we were like, we can't do this anymore. We can't go out and do seven weeks worth of work for one week's worth of pay. It just, it just doesn't work. Gross. You know,
2: yeah. it, it, you know what though (laughs) things are going to cycle through and then all of a sudden you guys might be we're talking about some of these bands that are you know we want yeah we won't be a band again that you're going to see like you know we're our music isn't conducive to us playing a bunch of soft ticket state fairs and you know stuff that we can get you know like we i'm not believe me i i would love to have had the career that the gin blossoms have, but they have pop hits. Yeah. And they can go out and they can play everything from, you know, they can come into town and play a show at across the street at the factory, or they could play a casino, or they can get booked for in Sedalia for the Missouri State Fair yeah. or whatever it is. And they can play a hundred dates a year and make a lot of money. We're not the one of those bands. You know, we you know, we didn't have pop hits and we had Strangely but every enough, time
0: you guys are here, you sell the fucking place out.
2: Yeah, well, is that because we do it's that only every, like
0: once every right, ten years? We could, or
2: can do that <laughs> once every right. We can do it twice every twenty years. And, well, you're
0: gonna have to do it like uh, again before ten years. We, you know, you're already talking about how old you. No, are. I mean, yeah, you
2: know, I joke about it. You know, we. You
0: know, <laughs> no, don't wait ten years again. Come on. No,
2: we know we're not. I mean, ten years. I'm not going to be interested in doing, it, I can assure you. And um, you know, we're we're not stopping the presses here. You know, there's no, not a big. It's not that newsworthy, but I, you know, I, we're, we're putting in a lot of effort for the show. And I think, you know, first of all, I didn't know that, you know, vocally, you know, what, you know, what we did wasn't exactly, you know, I'm not singing nice. And so, um, being 25 years older, didn't know that, um, you know, making through a 90 minute show didn't sound like that big a deal to people, but we didn't want to go out and I'm a little, and I'm a little rough tonight, by the way. I sang more last night. I've been rehearsing the set in full, but we're going through things multiple times. Sure. And, you know, and it's just, you know, and it's different. And we're in a warehouse, know, you, you know, you rehearse in a warehouse and it's, and it's dry and it's dusty and it's all that stuff. And so anyway, not to be B-downer, I just, you know, <laughs> we're, we may do, we like to do a Chicago date. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Chicago over St. Louis is the place we stream the most. Um, it's the place we sold the most records but I think it had to do with you know the that uh, Chicago wax tracks kind of vibe there you know and you know the the industrial bands from the 80s that you know and the like, ministries from you know that's a wax tracks band are, you know or die Warzaw and um, you know Pigface was out of Chicago Martin Atkins who was you know that guy played in you know he played with public Public Image Limited, and played with Nine Inch Nails, and he I've played never with Ministry. Heard of
0: that. Pig Face sounds spooky. Pig
2: fa- okay, Pig Face is an all-star <laughs> band that let us like a name uh, you know. Let's name uh, some people. Uh, Jeff Shell from Gravity Kills has played with Pig Face. Um, Danny Carey from Tool. Okay. Um, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Um, well, maybe I'll have Re- Trent to look Reznor. Them up. Um and then like some people from ministry and some you know there's like um you know the sort of some people that are really entrenched in that scene a guy named Chris Connolly who's been in ministry and some other bands that I could name and you'd go who the fuck is that because you're not you know but in that scene these people are like you know they're rock gods and so pigface goes out and they do these tours where it's just you know i've been on stage in la and I wasn't a drummer, but I might be playing drums. And there's multiple drum kits on stage. And I've been on stage playing and Danny Carey's been playing.
0: That's oh, wild. I, which is, you
2: know, and you're going, <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing here? You know, it's like, <laughs> that's they just wild. quit. And so, um, so that's one of the, so anyway, so um, Chicago's the place that, you know, St. Louis is our home and St. Louis birthed the band. Mm-hmm. You know, and without Point Essential Volume One, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys right now. You know, and that goes all the way back to guys that we talked about Jim McGuinn, was a guy named Alex Luke um, that headed up the station was way back in the day. You know, it, like Donnie Fandango was on the station way, you know, he's still there and he was there then. And I've got pictures of us with him. And so, anyway, if we go to Chicago, maybe we do a festival or two because now there are festivals that have cropped up that are, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that are, you know, sort of, they have a couple of these older bands play, like Blue Ridge or that's, Sick World. That's Sick
0: New World. Sick that's, New World, yeah. That's a cool lineup they got going yeah. the second year now.
2: And so, and that, yeah, and it's the the manager from, uh, Trey's manager is the guy who who um, puts that together. And so, um, you know, we've got connections there. And would we consider doing something like that? Yeah, I think go out and play. It's really cool to play a show. But, you know, too, it's a different vibe when you go out and play a festival, you know. Yeah. You get to hang all day. There's people that, you know, like people that you would, that you've seen and met on the road and like, hey, what's up? And then you get to play for this, you know. Huge crowd. This huge crowd, which never was my favorite, by the way. My favorite would have been, my favorite shows would be playing like, you know, like 200 head club.
0: I was just going to ask, do you prefer playing huge crowds or smaller like. punk rock shows.
2: You know the yeah I mean in the even the pageant like at our height that's kind of where those the, the size venues we were playing at the height of the band, um, but we went on like first time in Denver we're talking about Denver first time we played we played a place called the Lions Lair held 110 people they didn't have a stage they moved a couple booths they had uh, we we sold the show out we had 100 people paid we had 10 on the list. And they literally had to move booths for us to play in this place. Wow. And and we were already on MTV, all this stuff. It was the day we got the Sex Pistols Reunion Tour. <laughs> they called us and said, Hey, you got the Sex Pistols Reunion Tour. And then we're playing this little punk rock club in Denver.
0: That's why And it was cool.
2: I mean, you know, and then the next time we were in Denver we we're playing Red Rocks with Sex Pistols.
1: It, was it let me ask you this. Different states, different uh, towns, no rhyme or reason that I could think of when we did it. Like you would think we would play Cleveland and be like, oh, we're going to pack this place and there would be no one. And then we'd play in Wisconsin and we would sell out or, you know, we would play Washington. We played this casino at Washington and they gave us a small room and we sold it out. They moved us to the next room. We sold it out. They moved us to the next room and they sold it out and we moved us to the big room where we played our show. And then you, you go somewhere else, and you're playing this small club, and you're going. There's no rhyme or reason why this is. It is the way it is. You know, cer- certain uh, areas or, or demographics or, or what have you. Um, it's just. It's. I couldn't figure. It. Like I couldn't imagine being a booker trying to figure this shit out. Like trying to figure what? out the best.
2: From our time, it was easier, and the reason is is because back then. The analytics, the the sample of analytics were it was the the spectrum were was far less broad. Gotcha. Because you know where you were getting where you're selling records, where you're getting radio airplay. Aside from that, you know, like now, like even in Oklahoma City, we have a place called the Criterion, which is roughly like the the Factory or the Pageant. They'll have bands in there. I'm like. I've never heard of these people uh-huh. and I've and I and I'm not a guy I'm not I'm not locked up in in any sort of time period as far as music goes you know I'm not like oh yeah I just listen to stuff from the 90s or I'm like yeah you know, I try to stay as current as I can with my musical taste put it that way uh-huh. sure you know and so but for us like we go we like maybe we play in LA and you know we, L.A. is a million shows, but maybe we play the Palace in L.A. Fairly nice venue, fairly big venue. We go to San Diego and play for 300 people. Gotcha. You know, and then we go to, you know, and then in the L.A., you know, because L.A. is so massive. And then you go to Anaheim, play the House of Blues or something. You know, it's just weird. You'd have these sort of black hole places that you would think. Yeah. You know, you'd think, but, you know, we kind of tried to stay... You know the major cities where you could, but then there would be odd places like Omaha, Nebraska. It was just a rock <laughs> town, and that was back the urge is going you know i'm sure I'm sure Steve and Carl could tell a million stories about playing Omaha because they were huge, you know still are. I'm sure they could go to Omaha and just pack it out. But there was a place called the, the Ranch Bowl there, and it was a bowling alley. Oh. <laughs> and you and but the venue, it was about a 800 head venue and you would just pack it out and you get to bowl all day for free. And you know, and the, you'd have those places. Or Des Moines, Iowa was another place. Maybe that's why you know bands like Slipknot and those, you know, it was like there was this weird, you know, like you'd think it's not a major city, but you just pack, you just pack rooms mm-hmm. out there when you played there. Um, you know, places that we didn't. You know, I can name name a million places that we, you know, that we wouldn't go into, like, strangely enough, Oklahoma City, where I live, like we would play in Tulsa all the time. We played two shows ever in Oklahoma City. And we just wouldn't go there, you know, it was just because we didn't have the support, you know. And but again, it was a different time. Like now, like you guys are a band now, Kara would you know, there's, you know, they can go, they can look at the streaming numbers. They can look at all this other stuff, you know, YouTube, they've got all this, you know, they've got all these analytics and they can figure that stuff out. I mean, back, so, you know, back then it was just, where are you getting radio airplay and where are you selling records? And then you right. go in and, and, and the promoters were really, you know, actually the agents were really riding the backs of the record labels back then. Gotcha. And now it's the opposite.
1: Well, when we were doing it, it was two thousand and nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So Napster and all that Lime Wire was still a thing. So it was we. I don't think the label could even figure it out because I think our A and R guy, uh, I'll drop his name, uh, Andy Olafant, Tim Oliphant's brother. You ever seen that show Justified? Yeah. His brother was our A and R rep. That's
2: crazy. And
1: uh, you know, one of the things he told us when we went, when Champagne went number one, was uh, we had at that time we had only sold seventy thousand records. And then he said, for everybody that's bought your record, who knows how many stole it? Because LimeWire was a thing yeah. and everything else. In fact, when our second record came out before it was released, it was already on LimeWire and, and, and shit. So people could download it for free before it was even released.
2: Yeah, That happened to us right at the tail end of, like, you know, we got to exist when you had to, if you wanted Guilty, we had the Guilty single, but if you wanted guilty, if you didn't get your hands on that single, you had to buy a CD or and a that, cassette.
0: You know, it's so funny because last time I saw you, we were actually talking about this. But it was, you know, twelve years ago. Spotify wasn't here, iTunes yeah. Music wasn't here, like, you know, it was still like LimeWire, Napster, and now And you like we were yeah, and we were talking about how different it was, you know, with LimeWire and Napster and YouTube and you know all that shit and now like that's gone and now there's this whole other entity that's fucking everyone over
2: right which has become even less and less artist friendly yeah and spotify just announced what like this last week that they are going to put a they're going to put a threshold now on the amount of they're only going to you have to get over a certain threshold for them to pay you On streaming. So yeah, let's say, let's say, I don't know what the, what the threshold is, but let's just throw out a number. Let's say Spotify says it's 5,000 streams, anything under that 5,000 streams, they're not going to pay an artist. As soon as you hit 5,001 or 5,000, now they will pay you retroactively for your 5,000 streams. But they, but they're not going to pay you up until you hit a threshold. Well, most platforms that, have rules like that. Like, but uh, Spotify think, never did it. Oh, okay. Before, yeah, but they're just jumping on the bandwagon because TikTok, you got to have a thousand followers before you can stream on there, and uh, YouTube, I think, is this, uh, is similar. But the right, but the difference is, I mean, you know, I mean, Spotify was Spotify's built on the backs of of music now podcast you know hopefully mm-hmm. at some point we see you guys there right
0: oh we're on it you know, you're
2: on spotify, so, oh, yeah. oh you're on spotify so you're on spotify we're get, everywhere I can, you can stream yeah. podcasts by okay way, audio well investment. you gotta let you
0: know
2: <laughs> let me know all this stuff so do not like a dumbass but I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm just kidding um but no that yeah. was
0: perfect because then i got to drop that in
2: there that's awesome but <laughs> but that's where but that's you know so it's we're in the paradigm keeps shifting yeah. to even less f- artist-friendly places. And we were talking about that because the gatekeepers, now it's getting on the Spotify playlist and how do you do that and who do you pay and who's legit and who's yeah. all that stuff. And I have no idea how you would navigate that.
1: Dude, it's it's the most frustrating thing. Last year, Spotify sent Cabo this thing saying, hey, you can do this video to thank your fans and your streamers and listeners and we'll, we'll put it on your thing. And we shot this video, did all those things, and then they didn't select us, and so we went Asshole. through all this. We went through all this effort, and it was like, so, so, you're not going to use it. You decided who you're going to pick to feature.
2: It. Yeah, you're right. It's, That's a gatekeeper. It's right. just
1: like it's just ridiculous. It's just I can't imagine what it's like for a young band now to try to get successful, and you know, like they don't they don't develop bands anymore. Uh-huh. They don't. It's it's you have to have a hit. And we're going to use that hit, and you might get a second one, or we're moving on to the next person.
0: A lot of music success, I feel like, is coming from fucking TikTok it is. these days. You know,
2: we literally. Were just, Cara, my wife and I were just talking about that today. We were we were in the car, and there was some song, and it's horrible. I'm sorry, i you know I don't shit on music. You know, if you if you can finish a fucking recording and get it out there, you're amazing. <laughs> you know, because it takes a lot of work. But this song sucks. <laughs> And, and and I told my wife, I was like, it sounds like, it sounds like somebody got their hands on GarageBand. And if you're out there using GarageBand, it's a great, you know, it's a great tool. And if you're badass at it, and you, you know, and you figured it out, more power to you. But this person who did the song, it sounds like it was the first time they opened GarageBand, and it's some TikTok track is what you know she's like because i was like oh this song sucks you know i'm like get off my yard get off my lawn and because <laughs> yeah, you know i'm just pissed and so she she's like oh yeah i think you know, this this song's like 10 years old but they started but tiktok people started using it for the thing and now you know whatever the you know one of the top 40 stations in town was playing it Jeez, mm-hmm. oh,
0: but now people will like uh just sing on their videos, you know, and it'll get crazy attention. Like, I found a couple bands that I like from TikTok and they're really great. But I mean, that's really the one social media site, in my opinion, that people are getting discovered. Like, there's people going on tour now because they got discovered on TikTok. TikTok like, selling venues out, oh selling yeah, arenas out. Selling
2: arenas out. Yeah. I mean, we were, yeah, we had that discussion. We were like, you know, there people that are selling out Madison Square Garden that, you know, they were
1: had a tiktok hit jesus yeah you know yeah it's... well any tiktoker wants to use any cowboy music go ahead anyway <laughs> yeah no shit right
0: <laughs> like like uh, one of my favorite bands before they blew up was greta van fleet and they had some weird video that was trolling around tiktok and everyone loved it and now everyone's a fucking fan and they went on this world tour a couple years ago sold everything out they're another doing another one next mm. year s- sold it all out like it's wow. insane
1: yeah and
0: but I mean, if you have talent, go for it. Great, I'm very excited for you.
1: I, I think I think these younger kids they have more uh, access and ability, but I think it's just saturated with so many people trying to do it. It's got to be like mind-numbingly difficult to get.
2: Yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know how you penetrate that, and and maybe you do. I mean, I you know people do you yeah, know, yeah, and, but you know and people would point to our story too I and mean, the gravity kill story is lightning striking is lightning in a bottle and it was you know it was a song and we finished it you know and we got it in this thing and it blew up and it was kind of a in a way it's a for our time it's a tiktok story what do you mean because without you know back in the olden times i mean you know you would
0: the olden times
2: bands would this is before <laughs> my time ye old band days where you know guys would spend an enormous amount of time learning how to play an instrument songwriting all those things and there was always pop music there was always there was always sort of bubble gummy pop if you want to use that Mm -hmm. term you know there you know there were those artists that existed through but once the beatles happened you know that landscape shifted And, you know, and then you, you know, so you had, you know, the Beatles and the Who and the Doors, and we can just mention a million bands that were influential to everybody in the room and Greta Van Fleet, you know, being influenced by the Led Zeppelin Mm -hmm. and, you know, and those bands emerged from it. And these bands were amazing musicians. Making a record was a true art form. Have you ever watched the, the documentary, um, um, Sound City documentary with, um, uh, you know, Dave Grohl did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to watch that documentary, Kara. It's amazing. Because okay. what it is, there's a, right. there's a studio in Los Angeles that was the studio where um, Fleetwood Mac did Rumors. Okay. Actually, they did the first two records there, I think, maybe three records. But Cut 2, so they did all these great records, like the first Rick Springfield record was cut there. Cut 2, Nirvana Nevermind being cut there. And sort of the ups and downs of the studio. And what happens in this documentary is they talk about all these great records and the process of making a record. This was a, it was, this was a non-digital studio. It was a, it was a studio I had to cut to tape. You know, so you had to be able to play your shit. Like Tom Petty made, made records there. Okay. Like they went in there. And so as the, as the record business evolved and became where recording migrated to a digital environment that the art of making a record some feel was lost you know that grinding it out in the studio getting the take even by the time gravity kills existed was eight bars of glory man you know and you know we cut we actually cut records we finished the first record to tape to 2 inch people don't know that what is oh, wow. that
0: what does that mean
2: that means that it was not in a digital environment we were having to play our instruments right sing all of our stuff we couldn't chop it up conveniently in a computer move things around and edit them that way we had to sit in a studio and fucking work it out so
1: Kara, in other words a verse comes up nowadays you can play that verse and you can just play eight measures of it and if it's perfect then you can just cut and paste to finish control
2: c control v
1: yeah and back in the day you had to play that shit correctly and if you fucked up guess what You have to do it again. Right. Or
2: they have to punch you into a certain part, like, you know, the tape's rolling and then they hit record at a certain part. And then you, and so it was, it was a much different process.
0: Okay. Now I know.
2: Okay. So now, now I know
0: something else. Okay. So now,
2: okay. So (laughs) we were talking about (laughs) GarageBand earlier and it's a, it's a, it's an app that just, you know, that you could, I've got it on my phone. I sit, when I'm on an airplane flying to St. Louis, sometimes I sit and I just make drum beats and stuff on my phone. And, And instead of watching, Whatever. I'm watching Ted Lasso or whatever I happen to be watching at the time. So, so now with GarageBand, what happened you know, with programs like that, apps like that, it comes with drum loops. It comes with guitar loops. It comes with all these things. And you can just basically just take these things and insert them into your songs. And change the key and, and do all the stuff, just you know, just via algorithms, and you don't have to, you know. Which leads us—we And haven't even got that far in the conversation. Now, all of a sudden, what the fuck, you know, you know some, somebody could go now and go into whatever music GPT. I don't know what that really is, but you know what <laughs> I am getting at. So, the chat GPT, and you go, "Hey, let's do something." It sounds like, "What if Cavo uh, collaborated with Gravity Kills?" What would it sound like? What would it sound like? And they'll just do it. And they'll just and they'll just pu- plug it in, and then the sh- and the the algor- the AI will just kick it out, and you'll have this cavo gravity kill song. And and let's say they want me to be the singer. Well, I don't even have to show up. If they they are gonna they're gonna record everything I've ever said. They're gonna they're gonna be able to input anything they want to input. That anything I've ever sang live. Anything I've ever sang in a studio. Anything that's available online anyway, they can input that and they can regenerate. Just like if you've seen the, all the, I don't bi- like
1: that. Right? Who who does? Neither do musicians. There goes the music <laughs> we're, industry. We're going. We're going. You guys aren't paying us enough now. <laughs> yeah. All right. They don't have to pay you at all then. Yeah. That's, that's... Now you're just going to completely so, take away, take take everything away from. And me. I, you know, and I
2: hate for the conversation to go in that direction necessarily, but that's kind. Of, you know, we had this conversation you know a decade ago, mm-hmm. and we're still having the damn conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now it's worse. <laughs> it's worse. worse. Way worse.
1: Right. It's Way like, worse
2: yeah it's insane and you know in a a way in a weird way you and i both we were lucky to be on the ride when we were
1: i am you know you're talking about your 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 story and how it got started um our song champagne got started here on the point and because of tom and jeff and tommy Mattern. um they started playing us here. Tommy had us played up in Chicago. And then I guess he knew a couple of PDs and sent the song to him. He was like this song's reacting here in St. Louis. We were getting played in I don't know, I'm gonna say nine to thirteen markets and we didn't have a record deal. That's how we got noticed. That's why people started coming on us. Who's this band? What's this song and why are they charting and they don't they don't have a record deal? You know? It was because we had the support of a St. Louis radio station that believed in us and, and gave us a shot. And we had the song that that reacted.
2: Yeah, and now radio might be. And anybody, if Tommy Madden were listening to this, he could tell me, but I don't know. I mean, I would assume that radio is so constrained now because because of it's competing with media that doesn't exist, you know, exist on people's phones, uh-huh. right? So I would assume now in 2023. Tom, I, I don't know. Maybe Tommy Madden's a guy and Tommy Madden's an old school guy and he's been in the business forever and maybe he could say, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And, you know, and it's St. Louis and I can do whatever the fuck I want because I've controlled this market for 20 years. But is he constrained where it's like, oh, I got to stick with this format because if I, if I lose a listener... Mm-hmm. you know because the you know your ratings and you lived on you were you know how you were on, on the you you were mm-hmm. on a radio station in the top 20 market yeah. you guys lived by those books
1: you i know, think was- tommy still has control because i I think he you know like uh right before the pandemic we released a song called wolves um and it got Donny uh, uh donnie vandango started playing it and uh we got a lot of play for like four or five months here in st louis um it was getting played three four or five times a day uh you know during the pandemic time so i think he still has
2: yeah and you guys have you know and you know in this in in several markets though you guys have you know it's there's a recognition there yeah yeah which is you know as as opposed to like some band that nobody had ever hey this is a new band you have never heard of and hope you like the song and please keep listening and don't change the station because of, you know, I need that revenue. And, you know, so it's just different, you know, and I don't know, you know, fuck, where are we going to be? If I came back in five years from now and you guys, you know, you guys have blown up and, you know, yeah. and you're, like, you're like the, you know, it's like the Joe Rogan podcast all we're of a nationwide, sudden. Baby. Right. And how, I,
1: how, how was the scene back in the day when you were coming
2: up? Man, I'll tell you what, St. Louis, even Dallas, Dallas was a scene that, you know, we were talking when I came in, I mean, the, the Toadies, Tripping Daisy, right when I was in a bunch of bands, um, Edie Brickell and New Bohemians, you know, it was Dallas was a very eclectic thing. Um, the Nixons came out of Dallas and um, they were from Oklahoma City, but they came out of Dallas. And so um, when I came to St. Louis, we, we existed because of bands like The Urge and... You know, and stir and, um,
1: Senator pa- pa- Dane, yeah, Sinister Dane,
2: Pale Divine. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the very first—you're too young; you won't remember. <laughs> we in 1997.
0: I was seven.
2: Okay, it's when you were seven <laughs> years old. Gravity <laughs> Kills played. There's so they did a, th- a homegrown show out at Riverport, whatever it's called, Hollywood. Amber. It's always Riverport for me. Okay, so. And it was just, it was us and The Urge and stir and all this stuff. And, you know, and we have a bunch of people there. I played um, Mr. Michael by Pale Divine acoustically. Oh, that's awesome. Because um, because I wanted to like, you know, because I recognized, you know, not being from here and coming here. And again, the first show we ever played, nobody knew what the fuck we looked like. They had heard two songs if they were all paying attention. They heard Guilty and maybe they heard a demo version of a song called Goodbye that's on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That's all these people knew about the band. We played a sold out show in front of 1000 people at the Other World. I remember and, that place. And I'm standing in the audience. There's a, you know we got local openers on a band called Bellyfield. I don't know if you ever heard or remember those guys. They were they were on point essential one with us. They were one of the openers, we had a band out of Boston um that We were label mates with at the time, um open, and there was one other opener, and I forget, and those guys are gonna be pissed nice, but eh, I know I'm a dick. <laughs> but I literally stood in the audience and watched the openers because nobody knew what the fuck we even like we didn't have a picture published yet.
0: I feel like that's with a lot of bands though, like if I went to a festival and some other band was just like walking around, like band members were just walking mm-hmm. around. I feel like that happens to me all the time. Like, they could be right fucking next to me and I would have no idea. Yeah, because but because if you I don't at a, pay
2: attention. If you though. were at a club show, if you went to, you know, if you went to Delmar Hall to see, name the band that you're totally into. Deftones. Okay. So, Chino standing right next to you. Oh, I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. And these people were, like, you know, these people were fucking crazy. I mean, you know, and there was stuff my, grandpa- my grandparents were at the show. Oh, uh, God rest their soul. And... I remember some crazy shit going on right up front of the show and and um and I'm thinking my grandparents were watching this shit <laughs> you know it was one of those moment, out of head moments you' talk you know we talked about you shouldn't have on stage, but these people were you know the, these people were there to see us and and they were excited to see us and you know, and I just stood out there and I was just another
1: Another person, another there.
2: person there, and it was you know it was and it was great, and then at some point, that changed a little bit in St. Louis, you know, I think some guy wrote me up in the somebody saw me at schnooks at Clayton Road in Big Bend, and it ended up what I was buying at schnooks ended up in a blurb in the fucking riverfront time nice. something
0: <laughs> nice <Yeah. laughs> well, sounds- speaking of you know knowing, not knowing, if you're going to. The Gravity Kills show on the 11th and Frost Children. Frost Children, yeah. Yes. If you're going to that show on the 11th, um, you're probably going to hear the song Joe's about to play for you. Well, just a couple minutes of it because, you know, it is the song.
2: Yeah, it's the song. That everyone knows.
0: Well, one of the two. I know, I know like. Two. (laughs) One of the two that I think are very popular around here. Right. That they play still that I've heard on Sirius.
2: Yeah, Obviously. yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they play. Yeah, they,
0: I hear you guys tracks, and right. Cabo on, mm-hmm. C- and every time I hear Cabo, I feel like I take a picture
2: of it. <laughs> that's awesome, though,
1: man. And, and, and I just want to go. We've had three, four records since then. Oh, they sorry, they don't I don't play excited. anything
0: new. <laughs> Look, I'm in the same room with you
1: guys. I get excited about man, it. Be Shut happy. Up.
2: Be happy that the music still lives, man. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah. that's true. It's funny though. If on. Um, occasionally on youtube someone goes i just found this band in it's champagne
0: <laughs> <Just go. laughs> i love Buck cherry just go jesus anyway this is guilty by gravity kills hopefully we'll be hearing that at the show you might yeah make it your encore It's a baby face. <laughs> that's the one there she is yeah I that, know you know it that, everyone knows it
2: you know that in that video um,
0: very we, interesting video you know I was gonna say it
2: was shot shot on location at the Alexandria Hotel in Los Angeles where they shot uh, a lot of the movie seven. Oh, no. that's fucking awesome! And you know, and the song was in the movie Seven, yeah. so we ended up shooting.
1: What's up in the, the box?
2: Right, we bu- ended up shooting a bunch of the video there, and um, we got to shoot two days because all the streaky stuff that was an accident. That's before digital cameras, so they used a film camera back then, Kara. They had <laughs> they had film in it, and they had a camera. Did you and there have was to a, crank it to use had, it. Uh, and we and we got there in our Model Ts, and and. <laughs> Yeah. See? All right. And so and they and so what was happening was the mirror. If you've ever used a camera like an old film camera, what happens is you can see, you know, oh, I can see through the camera. Well, there's a mirror there. And that's what you're looking through the lens It hits the mirror goes to your eye. And then when you take the picture, the mirror flips up, exposes light to the film plane. And then you have a photograph. Okay so that's what happens with motion picture film there's a mirror and it spins so they can look through a so they can look through I know she's looking at she's, me like she's what lost. the fuck I know, are you I'm, talking <laughs> about
0: This is my concentration face Okay
2: so so do you understand the concept <laughs> Everyone <laughs>
0: you, thinks I look annoyed but no. it's just, I'm listening but, I'm trying but, to take it all in But
2: you understand the concept right so there's so you're actually when you look through you know instead of a digital camera you're looking you know a digital camera like your you're like your phone you know, you're looking at the screen and you're not actually seeing what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. When you look through an old camera, you see, you're see you seeing a reflection off of a mirror. Mm-hmm. Actually, two mirrors, because if it was one mirror, it'd be reversed. Okay, so... <laughs> I went to graduate school for film, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, anyway, even my wife's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I learned lots I of new things. I heard sizzle. Right. I learned
0: lots of new things. Right, Every so... I get behind so, this
2: microphone. So, the, so the mirror was sticking. And so it was reflecting light differently onto the film plane of the film that was capturing the light. And oh. so it was a mistake.
0: Oh, but it's cool.
2: But it's cool. So we got to So so we had insurance on the shoot and we got to turn that in to get another free day to shoot. Hell yeah. After, after the shit came back. Well, years later... You know bands like thirty seconds to Mars, use that effect. they use the same location they use the same look in the video that that video, by mistake created a whole look to videos that sort of mm-hmm. that came after it. People will never say, "Oh, it was gravity kills and it wasn't gravity kills by the way. it was a guy named Rocky Morton who directed that and but
0: it kind of goes with like the whole industrial right. Rock feel, yeah. You know?
2: And, and, you know, do you, do you ever get treatments? Do you ever get video treatments back in the old days when they did... Back in the old days, yeah, see, hey. when... <laughs> you get a, you get something like this that explains... Right. A video a director would send you... Somebody be vying to shoot your video. They would want to shoot your video, so they would do... They'd listen to the song, and they'd do what was called a treatment. And they would write all this shit out that they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... And Rockies, I think, was just like one page. He was basically saying, yeah, we're going to make it look like the movie Seven. And we're like, it's perfect. I mean, there were people, because of the name Gravity Kills, there was one guy that was like, we were going to be in a circus. And somebody was going to, like, you know, they, you couldn't, like, get a video on MTV if somebody died, obviously. You're going to be a snuff film on MTV.
0: Right.
2: But, you know, you get all these crazy-ass fucking treatments. And Rockies was, hey, we're going to make it look like Seven that's and we're like perfect and we actually used um not the director of photography it was another it was one of the people that worked on seven worked on that video Mm -hmm. and um and so yeah we got to shoot two days over a mistake
1: that's awesome
2: yeah and we went back and and it was december of 1995 that we did that
0: so uh, i know that we're We're getting so much information. This is such a (laughs) a
2: long show.
0: But like, why? um,
2: Yeah, we're going to we're going to the fun part.
0: Well, yeah. Uh
2: huh. I know. Yeah, I know. I right.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I do want to play rapid fire. Let's do it. I mean, fuck. Here we go. And it's funny because I actually had these same questions twelve years ago. God. When I asked him the same thing. Do you have the
1: same? Do you have the answers that he had back then? Well, no, but no, it, we can it's go on back. Film. It's a, yeah, it's. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. That just happened to everyone. I know.
2: <laughs> it's on film. Okay. That just
0: happened. Okay. Ready? Remember yeah. the rules.
2: Okay. I'm ready. All
0: right. Oh, your wife wasn't here last time though. Should I be respectful? All right. No, sorry. She's,
2: she's a big girl all right she's never been in a fight so you can take her outside oh uh, she believe me if i want to be in a bar fight that's the person i want to be in a bar fight. oh, with. oh my wife Kara's
0: all scared.
2: right uh, <laughs>
0: hell yeah uh, she, yeah
2: don't fuck with her <laughs> that's all i'm saying
0: all right rules are still the same 12 years later i ask you one or the other you pick one and in less than three seconds okay here we go blonde or brunette brunette ass or tits ass led zeppelin or pink floyd
2: Ooh, ooh, i'm gonna say i'm in a mood for pink floyd maybe now
0: Uh, carpet or hardwood hardwood tequila or jaeger tequila (laughs) living on the edge b cup or d cup
2: b b not d
0: man after my heart (laughs)
2: <laughs> you no, know, you can't be a, you can't be an ass man and then go i wanted you can't yeah, have your yeah, cake and right. eat it too you, right, you gotta be consistent one or the other right.
0: which brings me to my next question okay <laughs> if uh if in a woman would you rather her have really bad lip filler or an insanely large forehead
2: oh my god
0: can't say neither
2: you didn't ask this i don't remember this i was question. gonna say this is this a, new new a new one
0: this was this one's this
2: new. a spotify question i had to
0: throw something new in there
2: <laughs> um i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with lip filler because um, when you're close enough you can't really maybe see the lip filler <laughs> but the fucking like major ass huge forehead might be right there and
0: lip filler can be dissolved
2: Right. You could go away. Foreheads are (laughs) big, big foreheads forever. Foreheads are forever. (laughs) So ad space.
0: (laughs) Taco Bell or McDonald's?
2: Ooh, that's a horrible question. If I got a pick, I'm going to go with McDonald's.
0: Okay. Blowjob or penetration?
2: Ooh. Ooh. I want to say penetration, not ooh. Ooh. I was going ooh, like ooh. um, (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, penetration.
0: All right. Ketchup or mustard? Mustard. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Batman and Spider-Man?
2: I got to say Spider-Man because my daughter worships Spider-Man for some reason. So I'm not a Marvel
0: go. kind of gal. I just figured I'd throw that in there because um, you men
2: like that shit. No, <laughs> the only reason I've watched any of, all that stuff is my kids. All right, well, uh, you, you forget I'm, I'm, a- from, I'm from a time back in the... <laughs> yeah, oh, <see>? we were-
0: <laughs> Listen here, sonny boy. All
2: right, a Spider Man, who's that? All
0: right, I got what? Three here was more. a
2: newsie, <laughs> hey, or <all> what?
0: <laughs> I got three more. All right, would you rather punch Courtney Love or Kanye West?
2: Kanye, thank you.
0: Poops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tattoos or piercings? Uh,
2: piercings, maybe. Piercings. Okay.
0: Last one, thong or boy
2: shorts? Um, I don't, I don't tonight, boy shorts.
0: Okay, not feeling the thongs this evening. No,
2: you know, because I don't mean, like by the, the time cloth you, up your time, butt. Yeah, by the time you're mm. getting, I mean, the thong just. Get, why do it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how many times we've had people here answer it for themselves? <laughs> oh, for, yeah! You're the you're the first person who's answered it correctly. <laughs> because back in my, days, in my we day, we were we wore
0: uh, pantaloons. Right. <laughs> We and wore pantaloons down to our ankles, hey? Right.
2: right. Gravity Kills Pantaloons. They'll be on <laughs> sale November 11th at the pageant.
0: Hey, I want a percentage of that, man. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show.
2: I hope- we, Making no, the
0: trek. Yeah, Can't wait to see you guys Saturday. With me. I mean,
2: November you're sitting 11th. there, your eyes glazing over. No, you, you know what? You were trying yeah. to take it in. I went off in some weeds that- we probably would have been better off me My not eyes doing it. Absolutely not. This, that's what
1: this podcast is. It's it's about the music and yep. the scene and and things that people don't understand and know. Like yep. uh, you know the St. Louis scene the, there used to be a a radio show about the St. Louis scene and and you know so we're we're it's gone now. So this is what we're doing. We're talking about musicianship mm-hmm. and what people bands went through what it's like and I think it's all amazing dude. And I learn
2: something stuff. new every show too I that's awesome know. and and awesome for you guys doing this because I mean who's champion who's going to be the champion and advocate for the real shit mm-hmm. not the AI shit that yeah. is, is already there by the way I mean exactly. you're listening to Top 40 Radio half of what you're hearing is, al- is algorithm algorithmically generated and um, yeah yeah so, exactly. You know, power to the people.
0: Well, <laughs> power I, to the people. We are so happy that you took the time. I know you're busy. You got a lot going on, but I'm happy that you came by, chatted with us for a while. Um, just real quick, I want to mention that um, we are streaming anywhere that you listen to your podcast Spotify, Pandora, um, what, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Um, our YouTube is Audio Inc. STL, Facebook, follow us on Facebook, Audio Inc., Instagrams, all the good shit. Uh, we still got some sponsorships available if you're interested. Which I know you are. You want to hear my lovely voice. You want to see Pookie's pretty face and his big ass watches every week.
1: But she didn't say anything about my voice. You see? You see that? Well, Jill? usually, we can't, people who, people <laughs> usually who, we can't see your face. That's what I'm talking about, man. People who people usually we
0: can't see your face because it's always hidden yeah. with your hat.
1: Find your way into the
2: niche, man. I mean, that's what you know. The spon- people these need to sponsor this shit because it's like
0: I'm with that guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> find the niche man and this is these people are going to find a niche and you need to be on board for it yeah yeah, oh, Hell yeah.
1: so do you have anything you want to plug
2: no i mean just you know i'm thanks for having me you know it'd be great to see people at the show i know I'm, you know i think joe we're working on something yeah and and i yeah just it's going to be a big family reunion a lot of friends and And I do want to apologize in advance because I'm going to spend as much time as I can with every person that I can, uh, that I can see day of show. Um, but it's going to be hard and I'm not going to be able to talk all day because I want to put on, I want to deliver the best show that we've done in 25 years. Hell
0: yeah. And if and it's anything like the one I saw 12 years ago it's going to be <laughs> off the chain.
2: It's going to be fun and you know, <laughs> and, and I hope people, yeah it, it, whatever, <laughs> oh back in the day Back in the had...
0: day it was off, it was bonkers. <laughs> it was, right.
1: It was a hooting and in. That we had a great time. <laughs> what, what, uh, what does the next five years look like for you guys?
2: Man, for the band, I think you know what we we've we've talked about doing i'm not gonna get you know i've been long-winded we've talked about stuff kurt and i had a really interesting conversation it's finding common ground musically with guys that you haven't been listening to the same music with for a very long time right. so where can we find common ground because you want everybody's influences. You know, you want everybody's input and that's what makes you a band. You know, if I wanted to do music that I wanted to do alone, I'd sit in my house and I'd do music by myself and no one would care, including me, probably, because it's not collaborative. And to me, like you guys doing a show together, it's collaborative and you have have accountability to each other and you have all those things and, and you get to share triumphs with people. And that, you know, to me, that's what I love the most about the creative process. So we talk about stuff. We're finding, starting to find some common ground. And that's the hard part, you know, because, again, you, you know, you live separate lives. Right. And, you know, and what Matt might be listening to. Matt's listening. And that's, we talk about music. Hell, you guys are listening to shit. I have no idea. <laughs> and it's the, probably the greatest stuff ever, right? And I'm listening to stuff that might blow your mind. And, and trying to cross the streams is what being in a man in a band's yeah. about and so we're talking about it so the five years maybe a few shows
0: yeah and, come back
2: and then it will be time
0: don't make us wait another decade because
2: you know and i'm gonna say this and you guys may or may not believe it the band is far more interested in its legacy than creating something now because we We'd like to create something new, but we know it's not sustainable.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So, you know, we don't want to be, you know, there are bands that we could talk about that are out, maybe their vocalists are doing things that maybe they're just not able to deliver like they were 20, 30 years ago. And that's, you know, people get older and <coughs> it happens, right? We don't want to be one of those bands. I don't want to go out and tune down a step. Right. You know, I don't want to do, and we, by that, you know, you mean we're playing a lower key to do mm-hmm. the song live. I don't want to do those things. I want to deliver it like people, because our music is nostalgia for the most part for people. There are people still discovering it. The guy right. who put our YouTube channel up was some kid in England. At the time, he was like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's only a few years old. So there are people still discovering this stuff, but for the most part, we're nostalgia. And we realize that and then we're fine with that and we want to protect that. So
0: but you get, you're still selling out fucking shows, you know. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. I don't No, no, and it's great, but you know our but that's our motive is not like we didn't do the show with the intent of going, "Ooh, you know, huh, this is a big money grab for us." <laughs> see? <laughs> we, yeah, we, we didn't have that intent. You know, it's become it's not even our show anymore. It's about a community of people celebrating a body of work that we happen to be a part of.
1: That's an awesome way. Yeah, that's awesome, dude.
2: And that's how we're looking at this. And, you know, and even you, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I grew up on this Guilty song and it's all Mm -hmm. that stuff. You know, that's what it means to people. We don't have ownership of this anymore. You know, And to say that we do would be selfish because we wouldn't, we couldn't do the show. You're talking about selling. We couldn't do it without these people being nostalgic about it and going, man, I loved that band. Right. And, you know, and it wasn't about our experience with them. It's about their experience with the music and how it fit into their life. Mm -hmm. How it touches them. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Well, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. First yeah. time in twelve years I get to see him again. It's
2: cool, and, and again, thank you and Joe. Thank you Yeehaw. for reaching out to me, and it was so cool to be here and yeah, man, uh, and uh, meeting, you know, and meeting you, we'd never met, and we'd run in a lot of same circles. It's
1: funny that you know, you know Andy, air drummer.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, everybody knows Andy. Yeah, that's Tell true. Andy, you're right. I mean, Andy's Andy's a very visible human being, and being in radio too, you know, yeah. he's and I, and you know, so, and, and for whatever, like I, I'm friends with him on social media and the other drummer from the Jim Blossoms. <laughs> so I don't know what my connections with. This is my fourth mention. The Jim Blossoms need to drop me, you know, <laughs> some, some promotional money, but
1: <laughs> everywhere I go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. well, well, Jeff, you have an open invitation to come Absolutely. anytime Absolutely. you want to come, Absolutely. anytime you have something you want to plug or if you just want to come hang out. Cool, man. You're welcome to come by anytime. Can't wait to
0: see you at the show the 11th of November. Um, Don't forget, y'all, I'm out next week. I won't be here. It's just going to be pooky and... Joe and
1: I have a guest coming in. Larry uh, Kornfeld. Larry
0: Kornfeld will be here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'll be back the week after that for the seventeenth. It's going to be the Tom and Jeff Memorial Show, which I am very excited for. Which Pookie will not be here. No. So we're just alternating, you know. But flacking. I'm
1: going to call in from my my Black Magic yeah. Band show. Yeah. Um, yeah. See? We'll, we'll, we'll get that all figured out.
0: Now I'm all fucking started on that shit, man. man yeah, yeah. Get me sing, <laughs> yeah, Well, for Joe Pro. I'm Kara, the Lesbian.
1: And I am Pookie Jones, and this is the Audio Inc. STL podcast. See you guys next week. Peace.